happiest of holiday seasons. I hope everyone is basking in the glory of December with the glow of lowered expectations. For those of you who had the chance to read the newsletter, I know it has only been two hours since I sent it, so no worries if not, but I am definitely hoping we'll get to talk about some lowered expectations um, today. So one thing we like to do is introduce yourselves in the chat and just your name, where you live, if you have kids, their ages, and what you do for paid or unpaid work. I'm trying to see if we have any brand new people to the hangout. I feel like I'm recognizing most everyone, which is fine. It's good to be with old friends, certainly. But I always like to give a shout out for anyone new. But I think everyone's been before. So we have had, I guess, probably more than 20 hangouts over time. I wonder I wonder who had the number one best attendance. That would be very fun. I feel like it's probably, oh my gosh, no, Abby in Iowa, who's always doing the crafting. I feel like she might win the attendance award, but she's not here. She's not here to get her victory prize. Jill, I feel like one time, didn't we, you had, there wasn't, wasn't there a Boston person here? And I, I was like, y'all should be friends. Did you, did that happen? We did was connect email. Um, she was more North shore than me. Okay. We did connect. Some connection happened. Okay, good. That is always my hope of amazing. Although I have not thought of, figured out a formal way to do that. I love the idea of fruitful connections. Actually, someone, actually, maybe Melissa, who's here, actually once got a job through a double shift hangout. So, you know, just the lights of Hanukkah and double shiftness shine down on us all when we least expect it. Um, so anyway... So today, um, this is going to be like, actually, for some of you, if some of you were here last month was like, actually, I had like a freaking PowerPoint, like I had a PowerPoint presentation to talk about care. So this will be the opposite end of the spectrum of formality, because I was going over stuff that I learned in my report and people like that. And then people also like just very relaxed and let's be together and chat and um, just have good conversation. So we're going to be more in the being together chatting element for this hangout, but it's good that we can do a wide spectrum. So before we get started, also, I really want to thank you all for being members. Membership is super important to me personally and financially. I'm doing my books. Membership is a significant portion of my income. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And you are just helping me make my life work as a journalist. And I have three to four jobs to do that. And the newsletter is one of them. And I was hoping maybe next year I would have less than three to four, but it's probably going to be three to four again. And the newsletter is going to continue to be really important. So thank you. I appreciate that very much. Okay. So my, the prompt for this week was talking about meaningful holiday traditions, but I also want to talk about lowered expectations because that is on my mind. And I hope maybe on your mind, you at least saw the subject line of the email. We can talk about lowered expectations, but we can start by talking about meaningful holiday tr traditions. If y'all are game, I feel like in my experience, when I go into the holiday saying X, Y, Z is going to be really special. That usually does not happen. Like that does not work out. Like my expectations usually do not match up with the reality. So um, I'm trying to give more like 
spaciousness to my holiday plans and expectations. I do feel like there's a lot of value in rituals and like, I like, I, I'm trying to think more intentionally about like what rituals I want my kids to remember and what rituals make sense as a family. And so for example, I tried to start a ritual this year of singing Hanukkah songs at a family Hanukkah party. And basically like nobody was into it except me. Like I, my husband who was a touring musician for a decade plays multi-instruments was not moved I to learn how to play like dreidel, dreidel, dreidel on the guitar. I would try to like sing them a little bit with the kids beforehand. And sometimes they were into it. Sometimes they were just like, no. And then, so the Hanukkah party came, it was at my parents' house. And then my cousin who actually said he was interested was going to bring his guitar. He got sick. And so I just fucking put the printed out song sheets aside. And I was just like, no one, we're not singing this. I'm just letting go of this idea of this nice ritual of singing three holiday songs. It's not happening. But really the highlight of the Hanukkah party for me was that my kids, plus one of my uh, older son's friends, sat at a kid's table by themselves and didn't bother us, which is huge because the twins are still three. And so this was like, this was a true Hanukkah miracle. This was more than the oil lasting for eight nights. And so to me, I'm just going to be like, that is the meaningful (laughs) That was the most meaningful part of Hanukkah was watching new kinds of independence blossom for my wild animal children. So that is where I'm sort of setting the bar for meaningful holiday traditions. And I would love to hear from you all about what are things that you're doing to make meaningful, you know, make this time meaningful? What are you not doing? What are those traditions and rituals? And they do not have to be fancy. They can be eating popcorn for dinner and watching movies one night. That's also completely acceptable holiday ritual, meaningful time. So I'd love to hear from you all to just get inspired a little bit. Um, so uh, first I want to mention a Hanukkah miracle that happened at our house yesterday. Um, okay. I, yes. I had been using, you know, the box of candles from last year. They had run out and I was like, oh my God, I might be out of candles but I ran into the basement to the box that has more Hanukkah stuff. And inside the box was another box with two more full pocket packages of candles. And I was like, yay for hoarding. <laughs> Overpacking. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so in my family, it wasn't until 2020 that we really tried to light the candles every night of Hanukkah before that, like life was just always too crazy. And I was like, if we light it, like, once I'm happy but 2020 there was nowhere to go and so we did it every night and that has been um an effort we make now and the kids like we have the printout of the prayer and everyone sings and it's really like it it means a lot to me and I I learned recently or a few years ago that it meant a lot to them too so we do latkes on whatever weekend day that I can um, which this year was Sunday. Um, and this year, like my husband and I did a really good job of talking to each other ahead of time of like what we are going to do, what we're not going to do. Um, and in lowered expectations this year, I didn't put lights outside our house. That is always something I, I love it, but it's always worked for me. Like, I don't know why I'm the Jew of the house and I am responsible for the lights. I don't really get it, but like my husband has never helped and I'm always like, oh, the kids will help. But no, they don't. They're like more of a <laughs> And so this year I was just like, guys, I don't have the energy. It's too cold. Like it turned cold 
at Thanksgiving and I just, I'd had it. Um, and then when it came to do the tree, I was like, Jason, you want a tree? He's like, yeah, okay. You need to help us make that happen. Like I can't, I can't do it on my own. So we did. And then my kids did the decorating all by themselves while my husband and I were out for a walk. And then my husband's like, well, we should put lights on. And I looked at him like, yeah, that'd be nice. And he's looking at me, <laughs> looking at me and I was like, cool idea, bro. Cool idea. <laughs> so I kind of forced the issue of like, I'm willing to do it, but you have to make the time for me. It, it can't come out of like the time that I make out of my random moments of openness. And so he's like, I'll get the kids to bed. You put up the lights and, and that a conversation we just never had before that I was so thankful to have. So definitely lowered expectations and it was, it's been nice. <laughs> That's some beautiful holiday delegation <laughs> that I, as you read, yeah, already told me she read the newsletter. So I'm not assuming, but she read the newsletter and the, I am still learning. I, yeah. I'm here with you all because last year I walked right into a 1950s trap of despair about uh who was handling the holidays so anyway yes I love that that is wonderful who else would like to share rituals lowered expectations whatever you're feeling and build on the um lowered decorating expectations that Yael shared we got our Christmas tree up very recently which was a big win because last year I think we got it up maybe a few days before Christmas. So being like two weeks ahead of time this year feels like a win. And that's really the only thing that's around the house. We don't have lights outside. Last year I had a wreath. I don't have a wreath on the door this year. There's very little around, but there's one thing and my daughter loves it. And to her it's magical. And I think that's enough for now. That is wonderful. You know, as you're talking and we never did, it's really funny when that house we, we bought the house we live in about six years ago and we moved from New York city. And when the person we bought from it was really nice and we stayed in touch with her, actually, she might be a double shift member, but she asked us, there were certain things like, do you want me to, us to leave this? We're not moving it. And she was like, do you want us to leave the special clips for Christmas lights for the house? And as a lifelong New Yorker, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to go put lights on. What? I, it was just like, I've never had a freestanding structure. I was like, who would do that? I have no idea. Then I was like, after I lived here for a year or two, I was like, oh, I see why I might've wanted that. It totally makes sense. But I feel like holiday lights are an amazing way to think about who exactly are they for? Because they're so public facing about what so they could be like you like seeing your house like that you like seeing other people's houses like that but there are a lot about public expectations um that I I don't know I haven't given a lot of thought to but I can definitely imagine in certain neighborhoods there's probably a sense of competition and sense of if you're not participating you're kind of looked down on or whatever so that's not the situation in our neighborhood but I feel like there's probably a lot to unpack there Maybe someone else who has other holiday light experiences wanna wants to weigh in on that. So a uh, funny story about buying a house, our house that we bought five years ago, the previous owners left a string of lights in a very tall tree in the front yard. 
and I don't know where the extension cord went. Like, I don't even know how they plugged it in. It was, it's just a string of lights round wound around this very tall tree and it's still there, but we can't plug it in. We don't have a cord long enough, but we also can't remove it because it's a really tall tree. So I'm not going to hire someone to come with a big ladder and remove this string of lights. So it's just been there for five years and it may be there for another 10 years. That's, that's awesome. We have neighbors near us that I am like kind of resentful of because they have, well, there's a number of reasons, but they have, they're the only, definitely the only people in the neighborhood who come and hire people to landscape their whole yard. (laughs) They always look great, but I know they don't do it themselves. They have the people with the tall ladders and the whatever. Um, So yes, it is really funny. It's just like, yep, that's where they're going to live for an ever and ever. Yeah, I think that's a good perspective. Probably the houses that look the best, the people who live there did not do it themselves. And it's a nice like gift that they give to the rest of us that we can drive by and look, but we shouldn't compare ourselves to them because they're not doing it themselves. Very good point. Very good point. Um, So other people want to share... Uh, making the holidays meaningful with what rituals are standing out to you or where you are lowering your expectations. I also, yeah, like you, we did Hanukkah almost every night this year, which was a change of pace, partially because our twins are really into it. They were asking to do it and they could actually play dreidel, which was cool. I mean, they're also, there's a lot of screaming over who's getting the most coins and trying to cheat to get Gimel where they get them all, but they still basically can understand how to play. So that's a new developmental milestone in our family. Other rituals? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily ritual, but um, my twins turned nine this past weekend. um, And this is the second birthday we've celebrated. Um, I split with my, with their dad, um, about a year and a half ago. So this is our second birthday that we've celebrated um, at my place because my condo building has a pool. Um, So last year, we basically just did what we did last year for their birthday. We invited a handful of kids, I think three other girls, including, and so including my girls, there were five kids we went swimming. We had a craft planned, but we didn't even have time to do the craft. We came upstairs. They decorated their own cupcakes with a whole bunch of different sprinkles and stuff I got at the bulk store, had pizza, and that was it. And even though all of that and loot bags did take me a bunch of time to really cobble together and it was exhausting, I'm still recovering. <laughs> um it was a, it's a simple format for a birthday party. They loved it. It didn't need to be more complicated than it was. So, um, yeah, that was, I feel like lowered expectations and it was, they were super happy with it. That's awesome. I think that that, that lowered expectation is a wonderful lowered expectation for all year round. Um, because I think we all know how time intensive and expensive and, just draining kids' birthday parties can get if we allow them to be so. And so, and I think it, there's not the time. And it, what's so weird about kids' birthday parties is the time and money inverse to the kids' happiness are not 
related. Like the more time and money you spend does not at all equate to Mm -hmm. the kids takeaway of whether it was a good party. I feel like two of my older son's COVID birthdays, we had a bouncy, we got a bouncy house in the yard and he got to have two friends over outside. That was it. Two friends. And that was plenty. That was plenty. And we had a cake. That was it. There were no goodie bags. There was no pizza. There was no whatever. Just that. And that is enough. I've been thinking about this for, I think we're going to have our our first birthday party ever with people other than our family for our twins when they turn four in February. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I think kids' birthday parties are an opportunity to deepen relationships. And yet very rarely kids' birthday parties are set up to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, for me, the fact that my kid's birthday is on the 10th of December followed my, my dad on the 20th and my brother on the 24th and we celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. And it's like, it's all just chaotic and expensive that keeping the birthday simple and small and they were thrilled um and like now we can plan for like all the gifts and stocking stuff and we'll put a tree up this weekend so it's yeah it's doing sort of as as little as possible really yeah yeah it is really interesting I recently went to a birthday party at this for the twins at this place called Angel Island Fun Park. That's one of these just chaotic indoor play spaces that has arcade and, you know, whatever. And um, I'm just like checking to make sure that no one is a Durham area double shift member while I tell this story. But anyway, we've all been to birthday, we've probably all been to birthday parties like that. And we've probably, some of us have probably hosted birthday parties like this. But what was so interesting is literally like, it's so loud, you cannot talk to anyone. And then we went to the cake area and it was literally like the kids in the center eating their cake and then a row of chairs of adults all like facing out to watch the kids and you can't even talk to anyone because you're just sitting in a row and it's just completely focused on let's everybody watch the kids have fun. And that's just how it's set up. That's, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the parents were like, I don't want to talk to any of you, but that, and I just was like, I'm just going to sit here because it's just like, you can't. And so, um, it, but it's so interesting the way that those places are so expensive. They, you know, the kids have a great time and there's just not, that's it. That's, that is it. So it's just a really interesting, like way that, I don't know. I'm trying to like think, I'm probably going to write a newsletter about how I'm trying to think about our first birthday party for the twins. But anyway, now we are digressing. Lisa, <laughs> you made it. This is so exciting. I had a meeting run really long. I knew that was going to happen, but it's like, okay. Whenever Lisa can't make it, she writes me to be like, I'm so sorry. I can't make it forward to this all month. And I knew that if I put that meeting there, I knew it was going to go over, but I had no choice because we had to do it before the holidays. And I was like, come on people wrap it up. I got somewhere important. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are sharing meaningful rituals that we are thinking about this holiday season Either they can be secular, religious, et cetera, whatever they are. And then we're also talking about lowered expectations. So 
Um, anyone who wants to share on those topics, please jump in. So I'll, I'll share, but I also on the birthday party thing, um, I think you did a newsletter or mentioned in one of these about doing like a getaway to an Airbnb for a night. Oh yes. For myself. Yeah. Yes. 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 So (laughs) I took that and was like, that is what I want to do for birthday parties. And I've never done this before, but next time around, which is in May, well, May might be warm enough to do an outdoor one, but the only reason I go to any of these ridiculous loud places where you can't actually talk to anyone or connect is because I don't have the spoons to clean my house enough to have them all at my house. And I have a November birthday. And so renting an Airbnb for 24 hours and hosting it there instead is my new plan for next November. And I also believe for your birthday, that it would be a decent business model for Airbnb. No, for holding a birthday party. Like oh. it's off season. Who's traveling to Colorado on November 9th? I don't think very many people. There's probably some houses out there that are just not getting booked for anything. Yes. You get in the night before, you set it all up, you have the birthday party in the morning-ish, you get out, and you don't have to clean your house, but you still had a birthday party at a house, so that's my plan for next November. And I really think Airbnb should should market that to Airbnbers as an opportunity in their off-season. Fascinating. I want to know how it goes. I want to know how this how this execution goes, because actually some Airbnbs really don't want you to have parties, so you gotta find I know. Like, yeah. This is an arranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Won't keep beer cans in the toilet. And it's something. you know six year olds, so there won't be beer cans in the toilet. Definitely let us know how that goes. Okay. <laughs> you also want to share about rituals? Yeah. So we um we when I was a kid we lit the candles for Hanukkah every single night and it never occurred to me that it was a challenge at all for anyone and maybe it wasn't <laughs> but since I had kids I've just like never come together before and this year we have done so and so I'm excited about that and my daughter's old enough that she like can say the blessing with me and sometimes she wants to hold the candle and or the shamus to light the other candles and stuff so that's been exciting um and we also have like a family Hanukkah party every year and um this year my mom has breast cancer and she's like 15 weeks into treatment and so we weren't really sure if it was going to happen, but my dad totally took over and implemented this entire party that I don't think he's ever done in his entire life. And it was really, really nice and kind of similar to some of you all that like first time my daughter could play dreidel and make it actually spin around. And um, my mother helpfully introduced capitalism into our lives via actual money instead of just M&Ms or something. So that was fun. Um, but it was it was really nice and then in terms of lowered expectations uh lowered yeah we we went artificial tree instead of real tree finally (laughs) and that I don't know why we were holding on to it so much especially once we moved to Colorado where like from Connecticut in Connecticut it was like you could tell the trees were planted there were cut down there but obviously in Colorado northern Colorado they're not so just terrible for the environment terrible for our amount of time and energy and effort and stickiness and well just all of it it was amazing and it's beautiful I'm so happy that we made the transition and we'll never look back awesome I'm I'm still a big real live tree person so 
but I respect the artificial path. I know a lot of people are happy with it, but you know, we're in an inclusive community. So whatever your tree preferences are for the many Jewish people on this call, whatever works. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, um, uh, yeah. And there are like real Christmas tree farms around here or whatever. They are expensive though. I was like, this time I was like, inflation is really up guys. Like, I can't believe how much this tree is. I want to go back and comment about your, your Hanukkah party. Good for your dad. Way to be a good boomer man and step it up and take it on. Because I am sure that has been a huge journey for your parents with your mom's diagnosis and role reversals and new caregiving, et cetera. And um, that is awesome that he stepped up the tradition. And I feel like I see in my own, I feel like my parents are in their own dynamic of being married for 53 years. And my mom has decided she wants to quit on some stuff, but it's really seems way too late for my dad to learn it because he has been enabled to not have to do it. And now he is really old. <laughs> and so it's not easy for him to learn. So um, it's a very interesting dynamic, but it's, it sounds like it was actually very heartwarming for your dad to really yeah. be, to be there. Yeah, he's really stepped up, you know, the whole time overall. And he's, yeah, like cooking more meals than she is and <laughs> doing yeah. like childcare that they used to share between them for, for my kids. And he's like, putting hair in ponytails and stuff like I'll the camera from my hair in ponytail <laughs> um, so it's pretty that's cool. awesome that is awesome <laughs> yeah I'm reading a book which I'm sure I'll write about next year Alyssa Strauss has this new book called I think it's called if you care and it's really about like not just the it's not about the you know so we hear so much about how hard caregiving is but it's really about the magic and the transformative power of how of caring and how much we gain from that as humans which is a really a great it's a really important uh, voice. But anyway, um, yeah, I love that. I love those stories. So it's really awesome. Anyone else want to share rituals and lowered expectations or both? I'll, I'll share. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Is that Melissa? Oh, it's fine. Um, I've been making sugar cookies since I made them one time when we went home. So my husband started dating freshman year of college. We were babies. We, we met online on a class of 2009 website beforehand and yes we met the first day we've been together since the first day of orientation it's an adorable story wow we also calculated that we've been together half of our lives earlier this year and the exact dates it's on the calendar that it, um that is a lot of monogamy <laughs> uh, and we didn't date anyone else in high school so we've only been with each other ever wow. it's a lot um, it's a lot, but, uh, yeah. So now I make sugar cookies every year and I hate them and I'm dreading it. And I just end up angry every year. Oh, also I don't like sugar cookies. So I spend hours making these cookies and I hate them. The only year I didn't make them was the year that, uh, I had my son 10 days before Christmas and my husband has not lived this down that my in-laws asked me that year where the sugar cookies were. Oh my God. I was like, I had a C-section 10 days ago. Uh, they're, nowhere. <laughs> they're nowhere. Okay, it, got so brought, it got brought up at Thanksgiving. 
they were like, you make them every year. And like, they love them so much. And I was like, except the one year that I had Oliver 10 days before, and you still asked me where they were. So, yes. Okay. So Melissa, I have to ask, why are you still making the sugar cookies? Because everyone else loves them. (laughs) And that is the only reason why I, uh, this year I told my partner, I was like, I'm going to go buy myself an ice cream cake because I want <laughs> ice cream cake and I'm just going to eat ice cream cake. Well, you guys eat the cookies because I, I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. Wait, I, so, okay. I, I still have some <laughs> questions. <laughs> so you hate them so much. Yes. Did you always hate making them? Or did you, was this, did this spark joy at some point? No, no. I think the first year I was like, I've never made this. This will be fun. I like baking. Yeah. No, I think like I've made sugar cookies once by myself for like for a friend's like baby shower and enjoyed it. But like I was there by myself for a day, like meticulously crafting them. And they like get meticulously crafted. There's like squeeze bottles for the icing because I'm also like type A and like bowls of sprinkles and they're beautiful, but I hate them. So I just end up cranky. Okay. I, um, I'm going to wish you for a holiday miracle for next year that you just make an ice cream cake for yourself. And then if people are like, where the sugar cookies, you're like, I made ice cream cake. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to buy myself a fudgy the whale from Carvel next week. That's even what make, I'm doing. Don't even make the ice cream cake. Just be like, this year's ice cream cake year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Or just ice cream. Yeah, just or ice just, cream. Just yeah. a bucket of ice cream. <laughs> just, just ice cream. This week, I'll also be crafting a homemade chocolate cake because it's my son's birthday on Friday. So <laughs> wow. it's, it's wow. busy. You... It, it, you, it sounds like you definitely take, this is, this is some serious. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm wishing you lowered expectations in some way. I will say so we threw our first class birthday party this past weekend, which was my lowered expectations moment. My son wanted it at an ice cream store. We had it at an ice cream store. The activity was that they built Legos. That was also their favor. And that was it. Every, we had 15 kids we had 15 kindergartners there who all sat quietly building Legos for an hour. That's and amazing. that was my That's Christmas miracle. That sounds like an amazing birthday success. That was my miracle. Um, so. That was your little expectation miracle. Okay. Well, also, since you also have a birthday, like um, Hannah has a birthday in to deal with right in this holiday season. So that sounds awesome. All right. I am just going to share this New York Times recipe. Um called rainbow rave cookies so if anyone wants some really lowered expectations of cookie making um i made these with the three-year-olds they're also called lisa frank cookies because they look like a lisa frank explosion and children basically think this is the coolest thing ever and they're not hard to make so if anyone there's no meticulous decorating involved it's literally rainbow vomit and children love it so i just shared that new york times recipe All right, Lisa, what's up with you? 
Well, mine is cookie related too, because we are in the middle of moving from um, Texas to Kansas the day after Christmas. I know, we're ah! crazy, but it was pretty much that or move in the middle of the school year. So it's the best we could do. So I've had to seriously lower my Christmas expectations because I just can't do as much when I'm trying. And my husband already moved after Thanksgiving. So I'm now solo parenting three boys. Um, thank God my parents arrive on Friday because they, my mom loves to bake cookies. So I have not done any baking. Normally we're baking like every weekend in December leading up to the last week where we put together this nice little gift basket of all these different cookies for all the teachers. And it takes over my entire December, not this year, not doing it. So I went to Costco and I bought some like little chocolate, you know, pre-packaged goodie bags that they'll get. If my mom wants to bake with them this weekend while I'm packing our suitcases, she is more than welcome to, but it is not an expectation because I already have a gift for the teachers and I'll gladly eat the cookies, but I am not going to have anything to do with baking them this year. Um, I've also had to like way lower expectations on decorating. Like we didn't put up lights. We did put up our fake tree um, because I couldn't like not have a tree. That would just be really depressing to me. <laughs> but we only put our non-breakable ornaments on it because I have a two-year-old who's getting into everything and I didn't want to stress about that. But it ended up meaning we only have about half of our ornaments up and we're going to have to take it down Christmas night to be ready to load the truck. So it'll be an easy pack it up. But like that's literally all we did. We didn't do any other decorations. We're really lowering like expectations on all the little Christmas events we would be doing because yeah we're focused on moving so I am it's kind of nice though I have to admit <laughs> like scaled back Christmas maybe I should do this more often I don't I can't even conceive of a world where people have breakable ornaments that just <laughs> like so we we this year we didn't have to put a baby gate around the tree so that was like a big step yeah <laughs> not thinking the kids were just going to pull the entire tree over. Right. Um, I don't know how we've gotten. I think we've just done all the lower stuff was non-breakable. But this year I was just really, really worried about him pulling it over because he is a monkey and climbs on everything. <laughs> so that's been nice. Um. Yeah. Moving during this time just sounds so hard and solo parenting and yes, just yeah. delegating to the grandparents and just like, if it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. And I think that again, that sort of, you know, at the start, I was talking a little bit about like the things that I think I go in thinking this is going to be the great, um, like this is going to be, you know, a great moment. I have high expectations for X, Y, Z usually does not work in these contexts. So just sort right. of like letting go of those yeah. How, what the magic moments are going to be um, is really important. Definitely. The, the saving grace is that we're not having to pack. We're getting like a full pack done. So if I were packing right now, I would, I would not be on this call. <laughs> I would be dead and not do much of anything. So. No, that's definitely a sanity saver. I am happy for you. Ugh. just moving I we've this is the longest I've ever lived in one place without moving and I can't imagine it I can't imagine moving they're just gonna have to we're gonna yeah no yeah anytime someone texts me or calls me and says hey would you sell your house I say a million dollars my house <laughs> is worth less than a million dollars but that's what it would take to move me <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, the last time I moved was 2018 and my, my three car garage still only fits one car. And I just, I'm like, no, it's just never going to happen. So yeah, I feel for anyone who says they're moving. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially with three kids and all the stuff. Blah. Um, does anyone want to share more on this or does anyone have another topic that they want to jump in with? Uh, I just want to say like uh, the Sufganyot did not get made this year. And I was so proud of my husband for not asking where are the donuts? <laughs> because he did that one year and I'm like, I couldn't. And so this year I think he sensed like, we're going to do what you Ella can handle. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know these are hanukkah jelly donuts i don't know how i've never made them anything that involved donuts seem like outside of the realm of possibility of something that i make they seem far beyond me they involve hot oil and filling like that just seems yeah like yeah. for bake-off show yeah. not something that i could do <laughs> well some years we go to dunkin donuts but yeah nice my dad made donuts and my sister-in-law makes homemade jelly. So she brought one of her jellies and their plan was to have the kids inject the jelly into the donuts. And thank goodness while the kids were playing dreidel, my dad did like a practice one to see how it would go. <laughs> I decided <laughs> never mind and filled them all. But I was just like, oh my gosh, that almost happened. <laughs> what possibly could go wrong? Just like jelly all over the outside of the, the dough that can't be cooked. Yeah, just great. Other things anyone wants to share? I also have some general questions for you all about membership and things I think about for next year. So I can go in that direction. Or if anyone's just like, you know what? I came here to talk about X. It wasn't on the agenda, but I need to tell you X, Y, Z. I need to hear X, Y, Z from others. This is a, this is a relaxed, open season conversation. If anyone wants to jump in. So I think, I, was this the first year that you did a few times where the audio in the podcast was the recording of these meetings? Yes. I've really enjoyed that because um, there were quite a few that I wasn't able to join and I really liked being able to, to hear it afterwards. So thank you for doing that. Awesome. That's great. I feel like you are definitely one of the people who always is writing me. Thank you for the audio. Like you're afraid I'm going to stop. So you just like every like three to four months yelled, I love this feature, Catherine. Thank you. I appreciate your hard work. I, I always marvel at people who read and they're like, oh, I'm reading this book and I just finished this book. I'm like, how the hell do you have time to read? Because reading is such a like, that's the only thing you can do. Um, and, and so especially we got a dog about a year and a half ago and this dog walks or needs a lot of walking. And so that is, that is my time um, also with a, a long commute. So that's why I, the listening is so helpful. And like Apple news created a podcast with their, their articles too. And I'm like, thank you. Cause I can't read it, an article from the New York times on my own time. So <laughs> I, by the way, if you like this, I've gotten really into the New York Times audio app. I don't know if anyone else uses it, but it has, it's not just New York Times stories, but they have a lot of great New York Times stories and other, uh, other outlets. And I'm just loving that because I'm, I'm listening to the five minute headlines 
then there's other articles I'm interested in and I'll like listen to, to something about Israel and then I'll listen to something about like cooking with vinegar <laughs> or like, you know, there was one about making conversation at the holidays. There's just so many varied things and there are a lot of different lengths. So, and then there's Ezra Klein who's been doing really great work. I've really been enjoying him lately. So yeah. Anyway, shout out for the, if I, I, I think, I don't know if you have to be a New York Times subscriber. Maybe you don't. I'm not sure. I am one. So I can't say for sure whether or not you have to be to get the audio app, but if you're a big audio listener, highly recommend that. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad that my number one audio fan likes that I'm putting these in the audio feed. If anyone wants the audio feed and is not getting it, that is the membership benefit. We can be sure you have the link, the instructions for how to do that. So I feel like I cannot predict based on the topic, how many people will weigh in on the member threats. Sometimes I'm like, huh, I wonder if anyone's interested in this and I'll get a ton of comments. And other times I think something's really interesting and it gets less comments. So I am curious what you all get out of the member threads. Do you just like to read the prompts? Do you like to read the comments? Do you like to go back and see what people say? Tell me about your member thread experience. The member thread are the things that come on Thursdays. I've noticed the same, like that some get a lot of comments and some don't, yeah. and I can't make any rhyme or reason out of it. <laughs> okay. One insight that I got a few, oh, I think a while back was that sometimes it's really easy if it's just typing in a book name, people are like, oh, that's fast. And sometimes it's an existential question. That's something that you would want to put a thoughtful answer into. People just like, oh, I'll do that later, or they don't have time you know, X, Y, Z. So that's the only thing that I can think of, but I like to have a mix because I don't want it to just be like, what's everybody's favorite brand of baby socks? Cause you know, that's not the double shift. So, um, I always find the prompts very interesting and I like to see what other people have to say. Um, the one thing I'll note is that if you do it from your phone, it's very hard to see what you're writing. Like the, it um, only shows one tiny line. And so it's hard to scroll back up and see what you wrote as you're writing it. Okay. That is good. So yes, I, I have, a, I have another comment on that. Unless any, before anyone else, if anyone else wants to weigh in on member threats. I, I don't know when, when other people like would have the best time to participate. I like have this concept in my mind that I want to participate and I never, ever do. And part of me wonders, at least for me, like on Thursday afternoons, like I don't get a chance. Like that's when I don't, you know, like it's Thursday afternoon and then it's Friday and then at like, and then comes the weekend. And like in that, like, I don't have time to actually sit down at the computer and do it. And so then I think by the time like Tuesday rolls around, which might be like the next day that I would actually have time to sit and do it. Like my window has gone and I've kind of forgotten about it, you know, yeah. or I feel like everyone's already participated and I missed the window. So right. I don't know if like that would affect things at all. But yeah, for me, there's been some that I have like been so excited that I've wanted to participate in and I just don't find the time. So okay. it's not topic related for me. It's more my life related than topic. <laughs> totally. I totally get that. Um, yes, but I, yeah, I, and I do think the technical issues may be a little bit of a barrier because if it was like easy to write on your phone, like you all are talking about, that would be conducive to doing something quickly and not being like, I have to sit down at the computer and compose the whole thing, X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. 
Um, so for those of you do, how many of you subscribe to Substack newsletters and like pay and participate in any Substack communities? A few. Do one. I don't pay for any, but I, I think I'm subscribed to a couple that are free. Okay. I don't think I've even heard of that. So Substack. Okay. Out. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So interesting. Cause I'm thinking I'm like considering transferring to that platform for a number of reasons. One is that it's much easier for people to comment. It makes it much easier for people to discover the double shift and share it, et cetera. But the huge drawback is that everyone who pays has to re-enter their credit card. I can't take your credit cards with me. So this is basically like a big financial risk for me and the reason I haven't done it before. Because <laughs> it's like... So that's like my hesitancy in doing it, but I'm thinking about it for a couple of different reasons, because I think it would help more people find it easier to have these conversations. I think the audio stuff might be easier as well. So there's a number of different reasons. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just putting in the hopper and I was like, you know what, since I have you all, I'll just get some various feedback on, it sounds like no one is a big Substack paid person. So you all are just loyal to me. Yeah. I have a few through Patreon instead of Substack. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I feel but like that was the version. Yeah. Yeah. That's more audio. Like there's been some like text threads and stuff, but it's more like audio and video based. Yes. I get yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. I have a paid subscription to Emily Oster and she uses Substack. Yeah. Um, I think she has a, pr- a very large following and I'm, they also have a, um, like new feature on there called notes where you can write just like short little things. And with the demise of Twitter, I'm like, sometimes I think you all might like, you know, three sentences about something from me rather than a whole newsletter. And that's like another feature they have. That's nice. Yeah. So if, there, if at any point that's good to know about some of the technical things, that are frustrating. When you guys comment, do you, if someone comment replies to you, do you all get an email that they've replied to you? You, you just replied to mine. It went to spam and I happened to notice, but okay. I was going to say too, I do a, a, like a paid community that's in the mighty network platform. Huh. And I really like that. And I feel like that I'm on the Substack app or once I got the app, I, I have trouble figuring out how I'm supposed to navigate all the things. It's, like, unless I know something is there, I want to go find, it's hard for me to interact with it. Interesting. So when you get it in your email, it's then prompting you to go to the app. Yeah. And then I feel like some of my newsletters disappeared from my email when I signed into the app. I, I don't know. I'm still. Okay. I'm That's good. That's a good. Yeah, but but I, I like should... the mighty network feels like, like it's, it's a mini Facebook type universe and yeah. it's, and it compared to your prompts. It's like I can go check in there whenever and find ways to engage versus yeah. the, the Thursday ones. I feel like if I miss that moment, it's kind of gone somehow. Right. Although Lisa, our friend Lisa, who is here, she'll like respond like six days later. And I'm always like, oh, good. Lisa got to the and she, So it, there isn't it is not time sensitive, actually. <laughs> um, I I double doing it on my phone, too. So I just kind of leave it in my inbox and. Sometimes I get to it six days later and that's when I get around to it. Yeah. I mean, also everyone's email style management style is, um, Haley knows my email style is chaos. 
so um Haley's the virtual assistant for the double shift and she like when she looks at my email she gets heart palpitations so um everyone manages things differently <laughs> um all right, we have four minutes. Does anyone else have anything they want to share? End of year thoughts on anything we've talked about or anything you would like me to cover in the new year? Like Catherine, next year, tell me what you want to hear. I'm here. I'm listening. More of the same great stuff you've been doing. <laughs> I can't think of anything specific. I just want to yeah. thank you that the the organizations that you mentioned in your report last month, the four Moms First, Moms Rising, Chamber of Moms, and Caring Across Generations. I've been following them more closely this past month, and I feel really good about what you know 2024 has in store, possibly, especially with a big election. So it'll be interesting to just see. I'm hoping to get more involved with a couple of them, you know, at the local level and um I guess just, I love tips of what can we be doing? Like, I love reading and learning about everything, but I also just am very action oriented and want to be able to feel like I have some sort of power to do something about the shitty situations we find ourselves in so often. And so action tips are great. I love those. Thank you. Yeah, that is great. I feel like it's interesting because I, I definitely learned a lot of those kinds of action tips through my reporting this year. But I also feel like the newsletters people respond to the most are like the more personal ones for me. So I wanna always, I guess, have a mix of, of all of that. But I really like both pieces of it. And I hope that's what makes this unique to you all as well. So yes, I think action, especially I think I'm maybe doing more reporting on election stuff this coming year. And I definitely feel like having more action items about ways to get involved in, you know, locally or however is really important. So, um, I, more will be coming. And also I want to hear your, everyone's stories about what they're doing locally and, you know, what's interesting that's happening in their area, because I think that that's super fascinating and there's so many different stories there and I want you all to inspire each other. So, um, that's awesome. Anyone else in our last two minutes? Yeah. I, I, I also really like the inspiration and, and, in my current life, I I I am the carnival the carnival cruise mom. I can't help it. Like my kids are just in everything, um, but I I see an endpoint to that carnival, and I like I feel like I want to keep in touch and know that these problems basically still exist, and I can take care of them when my kids are not around because there's other parents coming, you know, including my own kids who you know I hope will want to be parents one day. So. Well, also, you know, it doesn't have to be like you're spending all your energy on any one thing. It can just be even reading an article, sharing an article, you know, talking to someone about X, Y, Z. It doesn't have to be like my kids are out of the house. So now I can really do the important work. It's all important work. It's not a company. <laughs> it's all we're all just sort of continuing on a spectrum. I definitely feel like this next year feels like it's going to be really tumultuous from a political standpoint. I'm glad I'm glad, Lisa, you're feeling optimistic because when I think about the election, I feel my the ice turn to my veins. I feel like hiding. Uh, I feel like asking someone to narcotize me until mid-2025, um, But which is going to be interesting because I probably will be writing more about the election than I have in the past for some stuff I have going on for work. So we'll see. But anyway, I appreciate you all so much. Thank you all so much and happy holidays. 
don't make the sugar cookies. Let that be the mantra. And say no to the sugar cookies. I like say that. Say no to the sugar cookies. <laughs> say no to the sugar cookies and holiday then- edition of the Double Shift Hangout. Thank you all so much. <laughs> Bye. It's Catherine. Happy holidays, everyone.